I love that song. And I love that that in many ways has been a theme song for us for almost two years of COVID and of lockdown. Because it sure feels like sometimes, it sure looks like sometimes we are totally surrounded. But I love the decree and the declaration that Rosie just, you know, sang out for us. I declare what I'm surrounded by is you. How good is God? And Jocelyn, thanks for sharing your testimony with us. We love seeing what God is doing in your life. This year, when we began the year, we were decreeing and dreaming of a thousand souls in a thousand days. And you were, I think, uh, the first one, uh, number one, one of the first two, I know that, that put your hand up and said, Jesus, save me, save me. So we're really excited about what God's doing in your life. Thank you, team. Really appreciate you. And uh, it is good to have our pastors back in the house, but we're just weeks away from having all of us together here in the house. And our theme is open. Man, I just say it every day, open, open, open. And it's, it's, it's happening even as we speak it. And we have kept our Bibles open. And we have been seeking God for a revival of the Bible as we have opened the Bible and let that word come alive in our heart. You know, we were singing that he has prepared a table before us. And, of course, we know that that has a reference to communion, you know, with the, with the cup and the, and the bread. But also the table that he prepares for us is his word. And that word has been prepared for us even today. And it's great that we as God's people whether at home or on our phone, are gathered together around the Word because the Lord is preparing a table for you and your family right now as you open your heart to God's Word. So our heart is open. And, of course, our mouth is open with the understanding that we have the incredible power of words. And I don't think we can over-preach this or over-teach this. Jesus instructs us of the absolute need to take heed of the words that come out of our mouth. We looked last week in Matthew 12 and 35, Jesus said, for a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the treasure, uh, out of his treasure brings forth evil things. And Jesus said this, every idle word that a man speaks he will give an account of in the day of judgment. He said, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Or as the message says, words can be your salvation or words can be your damnation. I mean, it is insane to think about how powerful words are, but also how accountable I am for the way I use them and the way I speak words. Words that have the power to build and bless. Words that have the power to affirm and confirm. Words that have the power to encourage and inspire. And of course, they have the power to do just the opposite of those things. In Colossians chapter four and verse six, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, 
not put them down and not cut them out because we could do either. We could do both. We enter into a conversation. We open our mouth and words come out and there can be grace to bring out the best or we just can have words that put people down and cut and hurt. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 12, the words of a wise person are gracious. The words of a wise husband, the words of a wise wife, the words of a wise parent, the words of a wise person are gracious. The talk of fools self-destructs. The other version says you devour yourself with your own words. Last week, we looked at how the Apostle Peter quoted in 1 Peter 3.10. He said, he who would love life and see good days. Come on. That's what's coming to you right now. We are stepping out of a place and we are moving into this new season. Loving life and seeing good days. Loving life and seeing good days. So what's the, what's the answer? What's the key? What's the formula for that? Well, you have to refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. It's just amazing. But the quality of your life depends on the caliber of your words. The quality of your marriage depends on the caliber of your words. The quality of your ministry, the quality of your parenting, the quality of your relationships depends on the caliber of your words. And of course, we're looking right now at the 10 most powerful words that we can say. And we can decree these wonderful, powerful words. I believe, I care, I forgive, I need, I submit. Last week we talked about, and I will, and just the power of I will, especially the power of I will over I feel. You have will power, the power to will. God has created you and me in his very image with a will like God has a will. And the power to decide is yours. The power to determine is yours. The power to declare or to decree those, those are all yours. God gave you what he himself has, a will. I will is one of the most powerful things that you can ever say. And it is much more powerful than saying, I feel. Because it's just the morning. What are you going to feel in the afternoon? And then what are you going to feel in the evening? And then what are you going to feel tomorrow morning? Listen, I feel makes a good passenger, but it is a terrible pilot. We need to let I will do the control, the driving, the piloting in our life. And we need to let I feel you're welcome. Come along, be here. And if you don't feel good right now, just stick around, just stick around because I will is taking us somewhere. And I feel will eventually catch up with my I will. Don't let I feel behind the wheel. Some of our lives right now are all over the place because we're letting I feel do the piloting and the driving. Give what you will primacy over what you feel. And once we establish, I will, then it's not hard at all to move into today's most powerful word, and that is, I won't. Once, once, I, once I know what I will, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will follow, I will be a Christ follower. Once we begin to decree and declare and establish, I will, well, then it's not too hard to decide 
and decree what I won't. And sometimes, honestly, the most powerful thing you can ever say is no. No. No, I won't. I won't. I will not. No, I won't. The Apostle Peter said in chapter 5 and verse 8, he said, Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's roaming and he's roaring. And he's free. He's not caged. So he's roaming and he's roaring and he's your adversary. Seeking whom he may devour. That's you. That's your marriage. That's your life. That's your integrity. That's your kids. That's everything that's dear and precious to you. And here's what the Bible says. Resist him. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him. I won't. No. I will not. Resist him. And James continues this thought in chapter 4 and verse 7. James says, submit to God. That's my yes. That's my I will. And then he says, resist the devil. That's my no. That's my I won't. I will, I won't. Yes, no. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil will flee because even the devil understands the power of your will. Sometimes we don't even understand the power of our will. But when you will and when you won't and you decree boldly and loudly, even the devil will flee from you. Resist him. Resist him. The message says it like this. So let God work his will. Amen, Lord, your will, I will. Let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. You don't whisper. You don't whisper to him. You shout because he's a little deaf in his little pointed ears. You have to shout, no, I won't. I will not. I won't. Now that's what we say to dishonesty and to duplicity. I won't. No. That's what we say to pornography, to immorality, to infidelity. I won't. No. That's what we say to criticism, to cynicism, and to skepticism. I won't. That's what we say to disunity, to discord, and to dissent. I won't. I have a will, and I won't. I won't do that. I won't say that. No, I won't be that. I won't embrace that. I won't live that. I won't violate my conscience or vacate my convictions. I won't. I won't. I won't abandon my integrity and surrender my loyalty. I won't. I won't surrender my loyalty to God and I won't surrender my loyalty to you. I won't. I won't throw away my marriage or my ministry like I've seen a lot of men do in my life and in my lifetime. I won't do that. I won't. No, I will not. I have a will. I have God's grace. 
And so I'm talking today about the 10 most powerful things that you can say, and I'm talking about I won't. So this week, as I've been preparing this message, and I know I wrote the book 14 years ago, but, but I'm trying to revisit this with what's happening around us today. And so almost everyone I've come in contact this week, friends and team and staff, I've asked the question, so give me your two or three big I won'ts. What are the big I won'ts in your life? And I've heard some wonderful things and some interesting things, but last Tuesday, Dan Briffa and I were uh, walking and uh, walked up and got a, a coffee, and I asked Dan, who I just love and respect, Dan Briffa is such a, a father in this house, and I said, Dan, what are the big I won'ts in your life? And he began to share them with me, and I wasn't surprised because his I won'ts truly do reflect the caliber of his character. But he shared a story with me, and it stuck with me all week. And so I called him the other day and said, would you mind if I share this story today? He said 30, uh, when he was 30 years old, and so uh, that was over 20 years ago, you'll have to call Dan to figure out exactly how much over 20 years ago that was. But Dan was building his business, and his two young daughters, Lauren, she was three, Jordan was six months, and actually our daughter, Joelle, used to babysit those little girls. But Dan was working 75 hours a week. He had a 75-hour work week to build his business. And he was working from home. And so he would be in his office working for 75 hours, and his girls would come in. And they'd be down around his feet, and, and you know, and he's, try, he's trying to work and hear these beautiful little distractions. And so eventually he got to where he would close the door and go in there so that he could work. But he said, the little knock at his door, those little girls outside the door and the little, little knock, and something pierced him. Something went into his heart when he looked at that door and he looked down at his computer and he made one of the most life-changing declarations by saying, I won't. He said, God, with your help, I won't work 75 hours a week. As a matter of fact, God, with your help, and for the sake of my daughters, my, my wife, and my marriage, I won't work more than 45 hours a week. Now, Lord, you're going to have to, you know, that's cutting a huge chunk, 30 hours a week out of, but I won't. I won't do this for the sake of my family, for the sake of my marriage, for the sake of my own life. I won't. And Dan said, I know this sounds crazy, but in the next 12 months, when we did our books, he said, somehow our business grew 50%. And he said, in the next year, it grew 50% again. And the next year, it grew 50%. And the next year, and the next year, and the next year. And of course, today, you look at that beautiful family and you can see the power of that investment. I won't. I won't can become one of the most powerful things you can ever say. You know, in the Bible, what one thing we are told not to do, you know, don't do this, I won't. You know what one thing we are told to do more than anything else in the Bible? Do you know what the most common command in the Bible 
is. As a matter of fact, uh, in the New King James Version of the Bible, I love that. That's kind of my go-to personal Bible. I, I love all versions, and I use all versions when I preach, and I read them all, but probably personally my go-to for study is the New King James Version. And in the New King James Version, we are told not to do this one thing 122 times. More than we are told anything else. Not to lie, not to cheat, not to steal, not to kill. We are told not to fear. Not to fear, to fear not, to not be afraid. As a matter of fact, in the New King James Bible, do not fear 51 times, fear not 10 times, and do not be afraid 61 times. Now, there are 15 verses in the Bible that talk about that we should not murder. And there are 21 verses in the Bible that tell us that we should not steal. Okay? I won't murder. And I won't steal. But what about fear? COVID has brought an atmosphere over our nation. COVID has brought us the year of fear. Actually, t- two years of stressful fears. It's our new atmosphere over our nation. In 1977, John Paul Young sang, love is in the air, but that is not what is in the air over Australia today. This pandemic, along with our politicians and the press and the policies, have filled the air with fear. We fear the virus. We fear the vaccine. We fear each other. Queensland is afraid of Canberra. Western Australia is afraid of New South Wales. And we're all afraid of Daniel Andrews. I think the most powerful thing you can say today is I won't. I won't be afraid. I won't. I will not. Fear. The Bible says fear has torment, and I won't be tormented by it. The Bible says fear brings a snare, and I won't be snared by it. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom? No one. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? Of whom? Of none. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
The war should rise against me. In this I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his holy temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy. And I will sing and I will praise. And I will not fear. I'm not afraid. I won't. I won't fear because 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, even if though it's the atmosphere. God is, no, there's another air that I breathe. There's another air for me to breathe. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I wake up every single day. And I go downstairs and I sit in my chair and I declare what I don't fear. Out loud. I name the things I'm not afraid of. I name the things I won't fear. And I have been doing it for hundreds of days because God does not want me to live with a spirit of fear. And so I decree every single day that I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of despair. I'm not afraid of despondency. I'm not afraid of disease or dementia. I'm not afraid of disapproval or being disliked or being disagreed with. I'm not afraid of disappointment. I'm not afraid of depression. I'm not afraid of darkness. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of demons. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of dying. And according to Psalm 3.6, I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Come on, somebody. I will not fear the enemies of God or the enemies of Christ or the enemies of the cross or the enemies of the church. I will, I won't, I won't. And Psalm 91 verse 5 says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I won't be afraid. I won't. A hundred and twenty-two times. I won't. I won't. The Bible tells me 122 times not to fear. So, I won't. I won't. No, I can open my mouth and I can decree and I can declare I can use my words to navigate myself out of distressful, stressful waters. My tongue is a rudder. My tongue is a bridle. And if I'm living over here in this atmosphere, I can move. I can shift. I can come out of that. And I can begin to boldly decree and boldly declare that I am not afraid. And we read in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6. So that we may boldly say, well, come on, here's some power. This is, this is, <laughs> amen. That we may boldly say, 
And what do we boldly say? We say, the Lord is my helper. I say that boldly. And then I say, I will not fear. So the Lord is my helper. I will not fear equals what can man do to me? That's all you got. I mean it. The Lord, Elohim. The Lord, El Shaddai. The Lord God Almighty, my shield and my fortress is my helper. I will not fear. So what can man do to me? And then we read in Romans 8 and verse 31. If God is for us. Now, the if, you can just move that out of the way. God is for us. So, who can be against us? Tell me again. Tell me again why I should be afraid when God is for us. If, if God is for us, who can be against us? That is not a rhetorical question. That is an honest to God question that deserves an answer. God is for you. God loves you. And nothing can separate you from his for you-ness, which we call his love. His love is another way of saying he is for you. So, okay, if God is my helper, if he is near, if he is here, then what do I fear? I refuse to. I'm commanded not to. In Romans 8 and verse 38, I am convinced. And you need to be convinced with me. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's being for me. God's love. Nothing. Nothing. Neither death nor life. Whatever. Nothing. Neither angels nor demons. Nothing. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, from God's being for me-ness. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, for, the, for God being for me, for God being with me, for God being near me. That love has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. So, whom shall I fear? And of whom shall I be afraid? I won't. I won't. And neither will you. Come on, church family. I want you, I want you to start making a list. I want you to start making a list. I mean, like even maybe right now. I want you to start making a list of what you won't fear. These these things have been around you and surround you. They've got you captivated. They've got you messed up. They're holding you down. The torment, fear has torment, the snare, and you find yourself either tormented or snared. I want you to get out a pencil and a paper or your computer or an iPad or whatever it is you do, and I want you to do what I do. I want you to begin to write out three, five, 10, 15, I won't fear, and you fill it in. I won't, I won't, I won't. And you start quoting that for hundreds and hundreds of days, and even your dreams will change in the night. I won't. I won't be afraid. And I'm going to break this atmosphere over our nation. And we certainly want to break it over any part of his church that's in this nation. I won't. I won't. 
I won't. It's one of the 10 most powerful things that you can ever say. Yes, I believe. Yes, I care. Yes, I forgive. Yes, I need. Yes, I submit. Yes, I will. But I won't. 122 times, I won't be afraid. Now let me pray for you and your family. Let me pray for your home. Let me pray for your circumstance and your situation. But would you mind if I pray a fearless prayer over you and your family? Heavenly Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. Your word is food and it is feeding us today. And Father, let not your people get caught up in this world and this whirlwind, Father, uh, where people are afraid. Lord, you have, our conversation is in heaven. We lift our eyes up unto the Lord from whence comes our help. And Father, I just decide and decree today that I will not fear and this church will not fear. Your people, this family, we will not be afraid. We will not be a people that are afraid. You have commanded us more than you've commanded us not to murder or to steal or to cheat. You have commanded us to not be afraid. And I decree fearlessness over your people. I declare courage. I declare a new culture, a courage of culture to this house and to our nation. Let your word wash us. Let your word cleanse us. Let your word correct us. Let your word protect us. Let your word direct us today. And let us rise up boldly and decree and declare, I won't, I won't be afraid. In Jesus' name, amen.